welcome. I'm Emily a, Walford. <laughs> I'm Nako Narder. And this is Half Asian. Half Hour. With a special guest. Jordan Wold. Hello. A former Hello. classmate of ours. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Only relationship mm-hmm. yeah. we have to you. Yeah. Sure. Thank you for inviting me into your home in the time of COVID <laughs> as a former classmate. <laughs> We're all being safe. We're yeah, all taking yeah. rapid tests. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't get it on podcasts. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Scientifically, well, I can. you can't. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. We're going to be singing a lot later, though. And as we know, that is a super spreader activity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> singing is, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Or I just remember there was, like, early on that, like, choir practice where, like, 50 of the 60 people there tested positive because they were all just, like, projecting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's sad. Let the choir sing. I don't think anyone died. Yeah. (laughs) Let the choir sing. (laughs) Um, Today we are talking about the Maya Erskine, Jack Quaid, rom-com plus one in my head he's huey so i don't <laughs> yeah refer- i forgot his real name mm-hmm. it yeah upon a rewatch now that i know who he was i think significantly changed how i feel about this movie for the better i agree i tried to watch this probably i think in like january and i i stopped at one point but now that i since i knew that he was huey i was like okay let's watch <laughs> yes. huey and maya Yes, totally. Uh, This movie was co-written and co-directed by Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer, who previously had made two shorts, one called Pre-Game, one called Post-Party, starring Maya and Anna uh, in, or like in an ensemble cast. And then they co-wrote an episode of Pen15, the Posh Mm -hmm. episode. Which one's the Posh one? That's the one where... Maya is like I'm Asian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the best episode. Oh, the Posh Spice. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Jeff Chan is famously Asian. Andrew Reimer, significantly less so. Some might even say white. <laughs> Some might say. <laughs> Some might argue. Um, yeah, I think it was clear that this was made by two men. I think I could feel that. I think I could as well. I I mean, it's definitely made from, like, the male perspective, you know, but, like, I don't know. Like, I think women could have written it this way, but probably wouldn't have, you know? I guess, like, (laughs) it's not clear that it's absolutely men, but I feel like if I had to guess, you know, Mm -hmm. would have guessed dudes made it. Yeah. I think I felt that way only because I guess initially the first few scenes kind of made me feel like it was going to be a true two-hander, but it definitely leaned more, um, I'm just going to call him Huey, more Huey (laughs) from the boys than than Maya. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think them ending up together felt like a male choice, which is obviously not true because plenty of women would have written that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. But that felt, I just was like, why would she ever date him? Was a big <laughs> criticism I had of this movie. Um, yeah, let's get into it, though. They, they are two best friends from college. 
and they are at a wedding together and they're like this sucks like I can't believe we have to go to so many and they're like let's just team up let's go to them together so at least we'll like have a friend yeah and then I guess just essentially over the course of multiple weddings they fall in love that is (laughs) essentially what (laughs) happens I don't know yeah Um, with not a lot of twists and turns that's pretty much what happens and you know the of course have a classic rom-com falling out maya's Mm -hmm. more into him than you know i think he's just more scared to be Mm -hmm. in a relationship Mm -hmm. but they work it out in the end they're able to overcome i at the first time i watched this i didn't think that they had good chemistry at all and the second time i watched it I think now that I've seen Jack Quaid be Huey, I'm like, oh, like, sarcasm's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. Because before I was like, you're just being, like, pretty rude to her. And then I was, <laughs> now I'm like, okay, I get it. And they had better chemistry, I felt like, than I originally thought. I said the same thing to you, like, for the first few, like, 20 minutes of it. I was like, he's just being kind of mean to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And look, I will say my response was, she's being really annoying to him. <laughs> and, like, and I think like when you see it from like, obviously they're gonna be together, but you know, like if you're truly viewing them just as friends, it's like, she's the a friend who's, con- who's trying to um, like snuggle with a friend yeah. who doesn't want to be snuggled. And he's like, fuck off. You know, I feel yes. like a lot of those reactions make more sense. If, if it's from the lens of, this guy doesn't see her in that way at all you know and it's truly just like this is how he would talk to a bro you know and I think yeah that's a good point if it had been either reversed or two girls or two guys it would not have read in that way I think that is a good point I I agree though I think that the second time I I watched it I thought they had great chemistry honestly like we were kind of talking about about it like they could be the next Meg Ryan Tom Hanks mm-hmm. which is fitting considering he is Meg Ryan's son yeah oh. and and much like his mother's when Harry met Sally I really didn't want these people to get together but they did <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and, yeah go ahead it uh I don't know it felt like the the performances and even the direction did a lot more of the work to get them together than the script did. Like it just, mm. I wanted to get there with them and I thought they were really charming together, but yeah, it didn't feel like they should have been together at the end. Yeah. And also he, I, my best friend from growing up is a guy. And so I guess I also get very like, not everyone is dating. Some people just want to hang out. Mm-hmm. And she, obviously looks more like me than any celebrity I've ever seen. And he looks quite a bit like my friend. So I was just like, this is me and me and Garrett. And this makes me deeply uncomfortable every time they kiss. (laughs) And that's on me as an audience. That's not their fault. But yeah, uh, this movie sound, I loved the real estate soundtrack. I thought it was very beautifully shot. Like it looked Mm -hmm. great. This was definitely one of those movies where I kept being like, where's that duvet from? Like, I want everything that they're wearing. And, <laughs> um, like, and it's, her sunglasses, her her wardrobe was amazing. Yeah, I was reading up on it. That was, like, mostly her own clothes, which is hot. Wow. Uh, and I think especially, 
I don't know if you ever did this, Emily, but I would always Google like hairstyles that look good on Asian people, but only half Asian. And I just like never knew what would be good. And so especially with her, I'm like, okay, these colors look good on her. They'll look good on me. That was very fun for me. Yeah, her her wardrobe was amazing. Yeah, she looked so cute. She looked great. Um, Oh, I also read, I haven't confirmed this at all, but I think she and Jack Quaid might have gone to middle school together. They might be like old friends. Oh, wow. That would be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cute. That makes me like it more. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we see like all these wedding invitations on her fridge. One of them has some kind of Asian writing on it that's sort of sweet. Yeah. Uh, is it just me or did they both have huge houses? They did. I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out where it was set though. I kind of felt like it was set in Arizona or something. I didn't know oh. I didn't know where it was really. Oh, I assumed LA. Mm. But I don't live there. And maybe that's just what I think LA looks like. Yeah. I don't I'm, know. I'm sure they shot it here. Yeah. Certainly. But there was like the golf scene looked weird. Yeah. I think it was so many mountains, you know? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It was strange. Yeah. Yeah. That really threw us, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Mostly just the golf scene. (laughs) I really kind of done with it. I didn't care one iota about Jack's job or life or dad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever in a romantic comedy, unless it's about their job, though, I don't think I've ever cared about their jobs. Like in any. Yeah. It's like the whatever the job is, it's so easy because they get to spend all of their time like fretting over their relationship. So it's yeah not going to be a real job. Yeah. Yes. Correct. I think at a certain point, though, we were kind of like, how do they afford all of this stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That was crazy. I guess maybe because his dad was Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. Yeah. He was able to afford it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I love so, the cameo from Anna, too. Yes! Or she says, you guys were like yin and yang. Yeah. So good. She, yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. It was, it gave, it made me feel like that's what Pen15 would be in a, like a flash forward. Ooh. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That was very good. I loved her hot Asian ex, obviously. Um <laughs> let's talk about the the pool scene where these two women she's never met say uh you're due for a white guy um oh are you one of those asian girls who's only dates white guys based solely on her coming to a wedding with a white guy is all the information they have to be making this assumption yeah it was very forward and i kind of felt like they were just trying to get out the like race stuff out of the way which honestly I wasn't even really thinking of which usually I am but in this case I wasn't really yeah thank you in the movie no yeah didn't really feel like there was necessarily a need for it to be like all <laughs> for a couple white ladies to be like is this gonna be a problem for you too like, yeah yeah it felt very or like 2014 talking about race of like being really blunt and then just like sticking it in there just to be like I've always wanted to say that this happened to me without like processing it or making it narratively interesting in any way um just because like I'm sure people did say that to him or the writers or whoever but 
Yeah. I don't know. It was a weird thing to slip in there. Yeah, especially when it it wasn't really part of, of like, it didn't really have any effect on anything. No. <laughs> no. Also, her, despite clearly being biracial, and her last name is Maury, which to me is not Asian. She has a full Asian dad, mom, and sister. I was wondering about that, too, because I thought that was an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. And an interesting last name to pick. I was wondering how they got that. Yeah. And I looked up spelling because I was like, maybe Mori is in like the Japanese word for forest, but it doesn't seem like it. And also, I don't know, I, if that was what they wanted, I feel like they would have picked something more obvious. Um, so this is the second time that she has been given a full Asian sibling, if we include Pen15. It's true. I guess there's no half Asian people to act. Just her? Just her and Henry. okay let's make them play siblings (laughs) they have to be siblings any anytime there's half asian siblings it has to be those two (laughs) i want them to be siblings but i also want them to fuck i mean henry golding was in a movie where they're sibling fucking so true that's a very good point yeah so we could do it so guys let's make it happen (laughs) (laughs) Um, your favorite remake yeah, that's the remake that they wanted at this time. <laughs> I don't know. It was cool, but I guess it was co- I watched this the first time with my friend who is Korean-American, and she was like, I hate when they do this, uh, which I am like, it is kind of confusing, but also it was cool to see that she reads as Asian, because I think you and I both constantly are like, do people think I'm white? I don't know. Yeah. And there was something reassuring about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. It was great that those white ladies just dove in for it. (laughs) Also, like, how many Asian women does this person know that they've, like, developed this idea? Is it just based on Yoko Ono and Sunyi? Like, I feel like this person has never met an Asian in their life. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't really know. Is, I don't know, is that a thing? Like, Asian girls who only date white guys? Yeah. I mean, no more so than, like, any other combination, I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I would not put the onus on... One, I, you and I both think that the, like, white guys who date Asian girls are inherently creepy is, like, a pretty tired, like, played out, obviously untrue thing. But I think it is additionally ridiculous to put the onus on women, on the woman, (laughs) or any non-white person who's dating a white person, when it's, like... What do you want me to do? Like, I only know white people, and media has only shown white people as a track. Like, how is this my fault? What do you mean? <laughs> well, also, it's like, they're friends. Yeah. So at that point, they're, they're just friends. Yeah, they're literally not even dating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit clumsy, but whatever. I guess cool that they addressed. Not really. I could have done without I could have done without it, I think. Yeah, totally. Um, I could not tell. The differences between the good and bad best man speeches were not (laughs) clear to me other than the music cues. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, they all felt like somewhat realistic, like, speeches. And that, like, I, I feel like I don't really know. When I'm at a wedding, it's also hard to know when the speech is good. If you're not super close to the person the speech is about, because it's yeah. like, 
I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, like I wasn't there for these events. <laughs> unless the person is like blatantly like sloppy drunk, you know. But even then, sometimes it's like, oh, they're they're buddies. So it's a nice speech, you know. Yeah. I think That's anyone giving a speech is like, hey, good job, you did it. <laughs> yeah, I did think that they like nailed how people talk and like all the awkward part. Like, mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was great. That mm-hmm. was cool. I really liked. I think my favorite part of a, of a wedding they showed was when the guy was crying during the vows. I thought that was very yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> that one was really good, and I really liked the Japanese best man speech. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cute. I really wish they didn't get together. I feel like they only did it like they would show the scenes where they were home alone and how like bored they were. Yeah. And I was like, that is the only reason you guys got together, I guess, is that you didn't want to like make steak alone. (laughs) Yeah, it felt like they just I don't know. And it's not a long movie. I think they could have earned that pretty easily. Like, it's just that. Uh, by the time we get to that point in the third act, they I think they want to they wanted to show us both of them equally, um, mm. like. But at that time, like, there's nothing for Maya's character to really do. She's just sort of like said her her yeah. piece and gone through any change that she needs to go through. So mm-hmm. it's really just like we need to see his growth, and they just do it so quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I think it's a fun. It's a fun rom com. Tonally, it nails it. Like, totally yeah. 10 out of 10. It's really fun. It, like, looks good. It, I like everyone who's in it. It just is, like, it feels very watered down or just, like, kind of incomplete. Yeah, just, like, a little, weirdly a little dated for a movie that came out in 2019. And not even, like, like in a super bad way. It just feels like a 2014 romantic comedy, especially in terms of, like, they're supposed to be like in their late 20s. I don't think like when we're all in our late 20s, I don't think there are going to be that many weddings to go to. Like, I don't think yeah. that that's the case anymore. <laughs> like people don't get married that young anymore. Like, I don't know. I do think it, it could be like where you grow up. Because sure. I feel mm. like there might be for us simply because people where we're from do get married so young oh sure I mean I guess I'm thinking more of like people you know from college because like yeah like people I know from the Dakotas yeah many of them have been married for years now and have children (laughs) um yeah it's just like I feel like I don't really know like it just feels like we're in a few years it's not like people I've met in the last five years are gonna be getting married and having children that frequently but yeah I agree I agree with both of you when I read in the synopsis that they're late 20 somethings I kind of just had assumed that they were in their 30s um but also if Emily's correct and this takes place in Arizona then maybe that is what's happening that's my guess I have no (laughs) idea but that's just my my guess okay Baxter Baxter has been going crazy he's been trying to eat the microphone cords and and he's digging in near into the blankets to build a spot <laughs> he's about to sit on the keyboard it seems <laughs> oh okay he's settling i think i don't know so if you hear rustling that's baxter yeah i don't know i liked i did like them together and i did 
want them to be together only because it is a romantic comedy and I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes you know Baxter's just coughing um, <laughs> so, uh, but I feel like sometimes when they don't get together I'm kind of like oh, all that work that I watched <laughs> yeah <and> they haven't <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah so I feel like if that's the genre that just has to be what happens you know yeah, we watched five the five-year engagement recently, and, like, at the end of that, there's, like, a, a big reshoot s- scene where they get together and, like, get married super quickly, and, like, I think it works in that movie, but it's, like, a movie where it's clear they were never going to end up together until okay. it got rewritten <laughs> to that point, and you pointed out that, like, it seems like they the filmmakers in these romantic comedies always plan for them to break up at the end and then it never actually happens like and when Harry met Sally like they were weren't going to end up together and then of course it they just did like yeah which kind of is tough because you're writing towards that Mm -hmm. so the whole movie you're writing with the mindset of like well they're gonna I want them to break up these two people Mm -hmm. shouldn't be together Mm -hmm. and then they're like forced to be together (laughs) and you're kind of like well watching it because it's not quite a fit but you're like I guess it well, yeah well, it has to satisfy the audience that's a good point so maybe I maybe I don't not wish they were together I guess they, I wish that it had been written like they were gonna get back that they were gonna end up together I think what threw me in their arc was when they were fighting over the wedding gift the gift yes I think that that really bugged me because I was like why is he all of a sudden being so mean again? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, even if he is afraid of this relationship, I don't think he would, I don't know. It it was an undiscernible time jump too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seemed like it, it was too far in the direction of like, we want what we want them to break up. Yeah, they yes. sort of, um, like, I think they like expect you to remember like, okay, he, just because they've said, you know, like, okay, in relationships, if it's not perfect, he gives up right away. And they expect us to remember that without sort of including that as part of his character in all of the scenes in between. Mm. It's just like, okay, you better remember this thing that he does in relationships. (laughs) But then it's like, when you see him and Maya, like, bonding, it doesn't really feel like he's looking for an out like his character is supposed Mm -hmm. to be. So then when it comes back, it's just kind of jarring. And when it's his idea to stay in Hawaii a couple extra days and they want Mm -hmm. to take, like, extend the wedding trips that they're going on, it seems like he is growing. But then I guess maybe there just wasn't, like, enough of a dilemma like felt like they were forcing the wedding gift to be a dilemma for him to like go back on his yeah on what he's learned yeah and to me that scene was the scene where I the most felt like a man wrote this was just the line where she goes like I love you dumbass was like them trying to be like she's quirky like she has some personality she's like kind of fighting back but ultimately she is just like another woman who is like just kind of trying to get the guy she's seeing to not mistreat her Mm -hmm. and that just was the one where I was like Maya is really carrying this line a lot farther than it otherwise would go I didn't like that line otherwise 
either because I, I think she she is kind of like that is her style is to be mm-hmm. kind of like combative in a, in a fun way mm-hmm. um but I think when you're professing your love to somebody you would break <laughs> that to be genuine yeah mm. I just didn't like that it was like she had to come out like the wounded one that she had to be like well I'm really invested in you so this like sucks for me when it's like no he just was rude to you regardless of if you love him or not like that's what I wish the fight was about but it's yeah. like you had to come away like losing yeah the fight would wasn't really about anything in their relationship that like could be a flaw like yeah if like for his arc especially like it should be like about a genuine flaw she has or just something that's a part of her personality that he just maybe doesn't like and him just like Mm -hmm. sort of seeing he has to get over it because he loves her instead of just like yeah he's just being a little bitch about something that (laughs) isn't that big of a isn't that big of a deal and also like she doesn't didn't seem that forgetful you know it's just like Mm -hmm. oh she has to forget this because they need to break up not because she's always forgetting things which right might have made that scene make more sense it's like jesus you do this every time you know yeah i don't know that she does yeah especially when he's and then when he talks to beck bennett and Mm -hmm. beck bennett is like um you don't think I have doubts about my relationship? Of course you do, but it's just about like taking the leap. That to me would have worked better with what you're saying. If there is some kind of actual f- flaw that she has that he doesn't like, like she is mm-hmm. pushy. That <laughs> seems like a clear, like mm-hmm. she's always been pushy and pushing for their mm-hmm. relationship. That that would make sense that he would like be scared by that or need to like just take the plunge and and go with her on it. Yeah. Instead of like picking some random, yeah, forgetful gift thing, <laughs> yeah, yes. it could have even have been like uh, as simple as like they're about to give the gift and she spoils what the gift is before they open it, and then it's like I wanted mm-hmm. to see, you know, like then I think you could work in his like I wanted to see the joy on their face thing, and and then she actually ruined it, you know, but yeah, totally, a little thing that means something more. But this was just a little thing that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But I did think that it let her, like, flex a lot of her little muscles. She's a great crier. She gets to cry a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Season 2, Pen 15 is is giving her a chance to take advantage of that as well. She's got cute clothes. She's very funny. Yeah. Like, this was a good movie, I think, honestly, for both of them to be able to shine in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I did I agree. like that. I think she absolutely knocked it out of the park, and I just love Huey. <laughs> Huey as a character. I am disappointed that in this movie he's it's not a rom com with him and Starlight, but <laughs> if it's not Starlight, then I'm very happy. It's Maya. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, Maya's, like when she's like drunk at the beginning of the movie, it's almost like I wish she could just be this for the rest of the movie because mm. she's just like purely hilarious, and then it's like almost like a bummer when she has to be like a real character because it's just like just let her be up to a hundred because it's working so well yeah totally and then that could have been a flaw that he could have been like this is sort of hard to swallow (laughs) you're drunk all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um 
Jordan, I know that Emily sort of gave you a condition that you could come on the podcast if we could find a movie that was about a white guy dating an Asian girl. Uh huh. Are you relieved that we were able to find one? Well, I guess, Do you feel but represented? I represented. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I know you're always yelling at Emily for no reason. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm mean. <laughs> Get over it, everybody. Um, I mean, I think there certainly, I would find it hard to believe if this was the only movie that fits that criteria, <laughs> but I certainly think it was a solid one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think probably of all media, it would have been the best one <laughs> to watch. <laughs> yeah, with this specific case in mind. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I will say that you are very much like Huey in this movie, in that you know, never say like, "Oh, I can say that because my girlfriend's Asian," or mm-hmm. like just casually mentioning that I'm Asian. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard you do that, so <laughs> I never heard Huey do it. So that was great. <laughs> yeah, Huey is yeah a king for that. As are is, is Jordan and yeah, kudos honestly. Um, maybe we'll cut all this out, but <laughs> <laughs> but I do think ever, I don't know. I obviously just because my friend got an Asian tattoo today, I've been thinking more of just like. So does everyone just get only one white friend that actually handles things well? Because, like, every time Emily tells me a story and she's like, and then this is what Jordan said, I'm like, perfect reaction. Like, has truly always just been, like, logical and supportive and, like, I don't know, not made it about yourself or whatever. And I feel like I have, like, one friend who is very good at it. And I think my sister has one friend who is very good at it. And I wonder if that's the limit. I think so. Well, as a white person, I think I probably also <laughs> only have one good f- friend. About it. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know. Yeah, it's 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 uh, slim pickings out there, maybe, <laughs> to find friends who are. <laughs> yeah, I I did think it was refreshing to have a an interracial love story where they didn't make because interracial relationships can fail for all sorts of reasons that aren't race based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true um yeah i mean that's why i kind of wish they didn't have that scene in there because i feel like yeah. i mean it wasn't a big scene or a big deal i guess because it was kind of played for laughs but it was i don't know just felt like it didn't need to be there yeah I wonder when it if wasn't it was a thing the... you know yeah i wonder if it was the like Justin Simeon dear white people thing of like I'm scared that this is going to be my only chance to like say my piece so I have to like cram everything in there yeah that could be I did think it was funny when one of the white ladies was like sorry my sister's very racist (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I I would I would look forward to seeing them make something else yeah yeah absolutely I would love to see these two star in another. You were saying like you would like to see them star in like a big rom com that's not like an indie one on a streamer. Yeah, yeah, I think they could both carry that. And honestly, like I think the script for this even was fine, like flawed but fine. But I'd also love to see these directors maybe direct the script they didn't write because it just feels like they mm-hmm. have more of an eye for for like directing actors really well and just like shooting mm-hmm. things really well, you know. 
So I'd look forward to that. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's also hard because even though I think Maya is an incredibly talented actor, after seeing her do Pen Fifteen, which she wrote, I'm like, this is so like you're so good at doing stuff that you wrote that when you're doing stuff that other people write, I just wish that you had written this instead. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, she is just a great actress that does carry some so many things. Like, mm-hmm. she had a small part in Insecure that we've been mm-hmm. watching recently, mm-hmm. and she crushed it every time she's on, she crushed it. on screen. Yeah. She is in the first season of Man Seeking Woman, and it gets, I would say nothing in that season even though i think she's a regular in it but i still remembered that she was on it which for a role like that means she must have done something yeah and she was on the show betas that only i watched and then showed (laughs) an episode for emily to watch i think Uh, i am gonna watch it though now that she's is she like a regular in it though she's in the she's in the title credits Okay, then I'll watch it for her. I, if you watch it, I would rewatch so we could talk about it on the pod because it was obvious. It came out when we were in high school, but when there was nobody, and I was like, yeah. "This girl just said I'm Japanese, bitch!" On TV, I'm gonna cling to that for the rest of my adolescence. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just cool to see her being so funny and like all of her performances I feel like are so she is just at a hundred at all mm-hmm. times and she just crushes it um just being hilarious and also so emotional in this mm-hmm. in this movie and so make maybe the weirdest character I've ever seen on pen 15 <laughs> yes but, you know seventh graders are so weird and she plays it <laughs> incredibly well yeah She's so she's such a good actor. That rocks. She was in an episode of Heart of Dixie. That was huge. <laughs> That's huge for you. It was a really big day. I was really <laughs> pleased about it. <laughs> and she was good in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah. Oh, which which was she in? Which season was she in? She was in the ten years later one because oh. she's dating the Coop. I think she's dating Coop. And then she, like, gives him an ultimatum. But she was really funny in it. Yeah, it's it's just cool to see her doing, like, getting mostly comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that isn't just always the first thought for an Asian actress. Totally. Yeah, for whatever reason, Asian people broke into comedy. Or breaking into comedy at a, a, a lag from drama. Yeah. Yeah, but she's very good. And every, like, I don't know, like, watching videos where she makes a speech and her mom comes on, or where, like, she just talks about, like, clothes. All of it is so interesting to me. Yeah. Um, A question that we asked our last guests was, what is your... I guess we can ask, what's your favorite piece of Asian American media right now? Or if you want, you can answer what's your favorite piece of media where it's a white guy dating an Asian girl. <laughs> I mean, okay, off the top of my head, favorite piece of media where uh, it's an Asian woman dating a white guy is this movie plus one. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about it, but it was pretty good. 
um i mean and also like just obviously like pen 50 you know it's like it's mm-hmm. just the, yeah it's when it's just straight up like the funniest show on tv right now like it's you know it's got yeah. yeah 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 and i mean i will say you watch most of the asian american media with me it's true. so you have a you you do have a good sense of what's out there. It's true, and and you're one of our probably five listeners. So <laughs> that's huge. You're up on the news for sure. And I liked uh, <laughs> most of those movies quite well, but Pen Fifteen. Yeah, Pen Fifteen. I mean, Pen Fifteen is just the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think people even think of it as Asian American media off the top of it, like mm-hmm. Asian people and their their one. <laughs> their familiars uh, do, but (laughs) (laughs) I think that everyone else is just like, it's so funny, it's middle school, it's the 2000s, like that part, like almost doesn't factor in at all for Mm -hmm. most people, which I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I also liked about this, about uh, Plus One is like, you know, except for that one seeing it, like wasn't even a big deal, but it was in the background and obviously very present in her life and they got to slip some fun stuff in there I feel like the same way Mm -hmm. Pen 15 does and Pen 15 season two especially has so many more like she's speaking Japanese a lot more her mom's in it a lot more I really feel like they are going in on it more yeah but it still doesn't read as a more like it doesn't read as a show about race at all I think Mm -hmm. because we've established her as a character so well already and because her Asian mom is her mom before she's Asian, which I've, I don't think ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Season two is really about actually witches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Season two is brutal. Uh, But that's for, that's for, that's for another, that's for another (laughs) upcoming episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I believe I cut you off and you were about to, to bring us into gongs and ramen. Yes. Okay. So let's go around. Gongs and ramen for everybody. So gongs is just a general rating. Okay. And then ramen is for representation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can skip the ramen Duh. Right, if you cool. want to. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me, gongs, I liked it. I can't remember what I gave it on Letterboxd. Follow me on Letterboxd. Um, I think Three and a half or four. Like I, I think it's a solid rom-com. I love these two together. Love everything Maya's in. Um, ramen, I mean, I I would give it a four or four and a half. I do think it's like, you know, other than, I mean, this and Always Be My Maybe are kind of like our two forays into, well, I guess Crazy Rich, too. It's a rom-com. Okay, yeah. so we're crushing it in rom-com. <laughs> three. <laughs> we had three. Last Christmas. Last Christmas, us okay. So four and counting. Gosh, we're just actually crushing it in this genre. <laughs> wow. Huge. Um, but I, I do think like a, um, a character like Maya's character in Plus One isn't something we usually see Asian women acting like. Like, mm-hmm. um, what's her name, Rachel and and Ali Wong. They're a little bit, you know, playing it playing down a little bit like a little bit closer yeah. to the chest and Maya is just like full force wacky mm-hmm. and hilarious in this movie and I think that's fun to it's fun to see that in a rom-com because I feel like usually um 
we don't get to see that for Asian women in general. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up because this is also a role that I feel like 10 years ago, Ali Wong would have nailed as well. And I'm surprised yeah. that she didn't want to like play to that strength and always be my maybe. Yeah, but I also do get it because like I've, that is mm-hmm. her comedy, you know, mm-hmm. more her stand-up sense, I guess. And maybe it's, I don't know, I feel like I always love everything Ali does as well, but, mm-hmm. you know show diver range in her acting yeah i would give it i'd give it a foreign representation it was good until they mentioned it but also i even like something that's like clumsy i am glad for because it gets me to think and like talk to you about it obviously Mm um and for gongs i'll give it like a three and a half and I wonder if, if I liked it so much better the second time, if a third watch would be even better. But yeah, it's it's like the shape. It's the exact shape of a movie that I would like. Mm-hmm. It just isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's so close to being one that I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd. So I'll stick with that as my rating for it. It's... I think, and look, I'm very harsh with all of my ratings. So three and a half is... is <laughs> you are very stingy on your ratings. <laughs> three and a half is pretty high for me. Uh, yeah, it's a great... I think it has flaws, but like most... There are very few romantic comedies that I think succeed on like, a, oh, it was actually a great movie. So it certainly, I think, could be a great like turn it on and chill out movie that you don't even have to pay attention to on a rewatch necessarily. Yeah. And we love yeah. like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um follow all of us on Letterbox. Mm-hmm. This is now a Letterbox podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's sponsored. It's SponCon. I'm glad to hear you say that you're stingy with your ratings because I was telling Emily like <laughs> Every day I go on there and I'm like, oh man, Jordan hated that. Do I hate it? No, I liked it. That's <laughs> If I give a movie a three, I liked it pretty well. Yeah, will you explain well, your le- your rating system? Because it's you're pretty stingy. Well, like okay, point five through one point five is varying degrees of it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Two is like usually pretty bad, but it was competently made or had something interesting about it. Two and a half and three can be really close because like two and a half is like it was almost there for me, but it missed it or had one or two huge issues. And then three and up is varying degrees of I liked it. (laughs) But yeah. I don't give many fives and a lot of the fives I give our movies that I acknowledge might be like a four, but I love them from like being a kid or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'll only give a movie a five if I feel like me liking it says something about my personality almost. If mm-hmm. I'm like, like, I feel like I wouldn't give Parasite a five just because I'm like, well, duh, everybody loved Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> but then I would give like Ford versus Ferrari a five because I'm like, that's sort of my thing. <laughs> After this, I'll talk to you about F1 racing. I've been watching a lot about it recently, this last week. Why? <laughs> At work. We're bored. <laughs> <laughs> For work? Yeah, we're just, we're watching it because we're bored. 
I think you'd um, like Ford I think now I probably really would because I got really into a docu-series yeah. about F1 racing. It's a good movie. <laughs> I was really pissed anytime people would talk over it. Anyway, follow us all on Letterboxd. What's the last to, to see half star TV. rating you gave? I saw yours was Silver Lake. Yeah, that was ass. We everyone <laughs> in the apartment was really <laughs> upset about it for the two days later. <laughs> and that's a movie I gave two and a half because I couldn't tell if I loved it or I hated it. I alternated constantly. Like one review that we read was that they were like every twenty minutes they would do something in the script that was objectively shitty, but then they would trick me by doing something really cool with the cinematography, and then I would be in this unending cycle of <laughs> being tricked into thinking it was cool. Okay, I can gave- find it. Well, I'm just going through my diary because oh. then I think that would be the way I would see the last half star. Okay, before we go, and the Grinch got one and one and a half stars. Those were pretty <laughs> bad. Truth or Dare got one star. I can't find. It's taking a while to get to Can a half get, star. Yeah, well, there's a lot of ones. I love you, Beth Cooper. Mm-hmm. Kissing Booth two, which is a one, arguably just because of the quality of it, but. And also, in my eyes, at least a four star for entertainment value. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Wow. I, I. Oh, okay. The Loft is the last one I had. Oh, uh, when did we watch that? June fourteenth. Okay, let's see what I gave it. Oh yeah, that was my last one. That too, movie I guess. sucked. What is that? It's like a remake of a Swedish movie about um, like five guys that murder a woman. And they're like trying to figure out which one of them murdered her, and it's disgusting. And all men are terrible from that movie. They, it's these five married dudes who go in on a loft together, so they have Mm -hmm. a place that they can secretly bring their mistresses, and then one of their mistresses ends up dead, basically. Jesus, so you know, classy gents and such. Well, we should do an Asian remake so we can talk about it on the pod. Sounds like it rules. Um, I also just realized something huge, which is that the movie that we're doing next week, The Meg, The Meg is a white guy Asian woman. Oh wow, mm-hmm. wow. Maybe we'll save. Well, obviously we're not going to do The Meg next week. Sorry, listeners, but maybe Jordan can come back when we actually do Whenever it we for are. our hundredth episode. Yeah, it'll have to be a special event because I hate ocean movies so. oh i, I kind of like the meg i love the meg come back. yeah it's pretty fun i think it's awesome yeah. i think i'm just gonna be scared but i'll live i think it looks cgi enough and it also they keep being like this is the marianas trench they're like are pretty like this isn't just the ocean this is like the famously scary part of the mm. ocean Whew. I see every time we talk about the Meg, I pictured the poster and I get a little s- scared because it's so the poster scary. is scarier than I think the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? <laughs> it's like American <laughs> Horror Story. The theme song is the scariest part. <laughs> but also, if you saw Truth or Dare, movie. maybe you'll be fine with this. Yeah, you watched Black Christmas last night. That's that a was- horror movie, technically. True. That was pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, I'm always yeah. Well, thanks for listening to our Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. A very happy turkey to everybody out there. 
Yeah, and may your favorite turkey be the one that gets presidentially pardoned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thank you, Jordan, for coming on. This yeah. has been hey. a little blast. Thanks for having me. Anything you want to plug? Um, no, no, that's okay. No? Oh, I guess my Jordan podcast. Jordan has a podcast. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Popcorn Restaurant. It's just, it's hard to plug something when we're not going to movie theaters and it's a movie theater podcast, you know? Just feel silly mm-hmm. to promote because none of our episodes are about movie theaters anymore, apparently. Um, but yeah. yeah, you can find that anywhere. And within a year, you'll be in theaters again. Oh, AMC yeah. Stubbs just sent me an email saying I have an additional three months to reactivate my account. Wow. wow. Why did, what are they doing? Why would they do that? <laughs> well, they've informed me via email that they've successfully opened 80% of their locations, which... <laughs> isn't true vis-a-vis the success uh yeah they told me i can see such films as tenet or classics <laughs> like guardians of the galaxy <laughs> oh wow mm-hmm. <laughs> well two great options there for you <laughs> if that doesn't entice you to brave the theaters <laughs> and it is brave by the way it's true mm. wow much like my old boss who saw tenet the week before we both tested positive for COVID. <laughs> Gee, I wonder where you could have gotten it. <laughs> he said on the phone, he was like, I'm just so mad because I know I got it at work. It's the only place I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, every single person thinks they're careful. It's true. Even my coworkers who fly just around the, the country weekend. every every weekend. <laughs> they're like, oh, I am so safe. I'm just narrowly missing COVID everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have a have a lovely Thanksgiving or whenever you're listening to this. Um, mm-hmm. Be sure to join us next week when we check out the Meg. We'll check out the Meg. Check in and see how her turkey day was. <laughs> but she's she actually a flexitarian. She would never, she wouldn't eat a turkey. She's really conscious about the <laughs> environment and yeah, agriculture. Well, we'll, we'll see then how many... <laughs> Bowls of mashed potatoes she ate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Half Asian, half hour. Half Asian, half hour.